TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Way back and gone! Touch them all! It's Touch Them All. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying Touch Them All. That's right. Welcome to another episode of the Touch Them All podcast. You can also find us multiple times a week. Phil Mackey, Derek Wetmore, Rami Maklov, and a cast of others on the all-new Score North, Score North on 1500, and scorenorth.com, S-K-O-R-North.com. If you're just, I don't know, maybe you were out of town like Derek was last week, and you're opening up the podcast app in your phone, and you're wondering what happened. Or you used to have the red app that said 1500 ESPN, and now you have the blue one that says Score North. Yeah. What happened there? Well, for, for Android um, users, you have the new Score North app. It's for here. Apple, it's coming soon. And um, if, you're, if you're wondering, what is all this change here? 1500 ESPN has become Score North, S-K-O-R North. And you can find us all over social media, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Facebook. We're having a few issues with because Mark Zuckerberg's a busy, busy guy and he apparently has... More important things to do than to concern himself with us. But Touch Em All not only will continue, but it will expand. It will be on the radio much more often. We're going to have various live video streams. We have a new studio that we're doing this show in right now. Derek Wetmore? I'm going to grab a photo and send it to people. So Nice. Check out for that my Facebook page, Derek Wetmore MLB. It's a classy operation here. We've come a long way from the <laughs> random conference rooms and remote setups and just dingy, dingy quality. But... Let's dive into a couple twins related things here. Specifically the new pitcher. Let me let me post for the for the photo. Hey. Smile, Phil. Hello. Look at that. Selfie selfie action on uh on point by you. Thank you. So what do you make of there's so many things to get to here that, that you missed out on with me and Rami's conversations last week, and I'd like to tap your brain on some of those. But yeah. The Twins bringing in Martin Perez, mm-hmm. not as a reliever, a lefty specialist reliever. 27 years old. He's really struggled as a starting pitcher with Texas the last handful of years. My first thought was, okay, they're bringing him in, and they see something much like they saw in Anibal Sanchez last year, and they're going to have a role for him, and maybe he'll just be a reliever. But it sounds like they're going to go starting role out of the gate for him. And I'm wondering what you make of that, and what does that mean for the categorizations of who's a starter and who's a reliever going into the season, at least going into spring training. I think it means that they want to be average. Like, I don't view Martin Perez as such a huge significant step up that you'd think, okay, they're going to make a run at this thing. They're going to go after Cleveland in the American League Central. I think they view it as, let's let's make sure we raise the floor above disaster with the pitching staff. And we've seen them do that in each of Derek Falvey's seasons at the helm. So I guess in that way, not that surprising. But I was a little surprised when I read, yeah, guaranteed major league contract and that they're going to use him out of the rotation, at least to start. You'd think that he'd be in the competition in spring training, and if he's the eighth best pitcher, they'll either cut him or put him in the bullpen. So I don't read too, too much into those kinds of declarations at the middle to end of January. But at the same time... I empathize with the Twins fans who jumped all over social media and said, this is it. This is the move. This is the move. And I, I totally empathize with that because I'm looking at the depth chart and I'm thinking, you've got places that you need to get better. You want to win 90 games? And you're going to go get 
an injured guy who the his former team who drafted and developed him all the way through didn't want for seven million bucks. It's an interesting, relatively low risk, but also low upside move for the Twins that I think sort of tips their hand at what they're trying to do this offseason, Phil. Am I reaching too far by making that declaration? No, I don't think so. In fact, let's let's just get right into it because I know we had a lot of reaction to our shows from last week, the the Touch Em All episode from Wednesday, and then some of the subsequent conversations on Mackie and Judd. And I teed off on the payroll conversation late last week. And I'll just summarize my main stance on it. People are complaining that the Twins, if the season started today, the payroll would be right around $100 million after this Perez signing. Mm-hmm. And last year they spent $130 million. If you're going off of just rankings and you know, payroll rankings, where do you fall compared to the average payroll? They're well below average. The average payroll is around $130 million in baseball right now. Why are the Twins coming in so far underneath where they should be in terms of perception and even even if you think that they're not going to spend with the Yankees and the Phillies and the top six or seven markets in baseball, they should probably be outside the bottom five, which is around where they would be right now. Yeah. To which my response was, let's stop focusing so much on payroll when that's never going to be a thing that they are known for in terms of roster construction. This franchise is bottom 10 in team valuation. It's bottom 10 in a lot of attendance measures last year, too. It's bottom 10 in revenue coming in. Nothing nothing screams anything other than bottom 10 payroll to me. So I've just always I've always been annoyed by the payroll conversation. But that that being said, are there things out there that you can get that aren't going to lock you up for 4 or 5 years? Aren't going to that that aren't going to put you at 150 or 160 million dollars, but maybe can help your pitching staff can help your bullpen. And I think the answer is yes. So I'm a little bit torn in that I think people focus too much on payroll. I also know that the Twins front office is very much fixated on getting the core right first and then supplementing by adding pieces, even if they're expensive, via trade or free agency down the road. So I'm torn. I think they know what they're doing. I also don't like signing guys like Perez. Yeah, I don't understand. Okay, okay, what does that mean for Fernando Romero? What does that mean for... Trevor May. I mean, Trevor May, I'm assuming, is a bullpen guy anyways, but I just don't really understand where a, he's not really a journeyman because he's been with Texas, but just sort of a roving five ERA guy yeah. with a low strikeout rate. I don't really understand what the point is of that signing. Right. I think that's the way I thought about it. When I saw it on Saturday, I wrote it up and I said, what's the point of this? Yeah. I, like, like you it, could, Couldn't you get this for minimum wage couldn't you get this for five hundred thousand dollars sure and you'd argue like three million five hundred thousand they're basically both minimum wage and i guess that's the thing i'd put a pin in i don't want to spend too much time talking about this because i know our listeners want more on perez more on what's next more on what maybe i would have done i don't think anyone wants more on perez to be honest okay all right well we'll just move on that's fine (laughs) my point was going to be that like there's a larger question to be had in baseball right now that revenues are exploding and payrolls are not I think that's a problem. I think as a business, it's a bad look to be taking all this money and pocketing it and saying, hey, please fill our stadiums. We'd love you to sign up for MLB.TV and pay us 120 bucks a year or whatever. All of these things that they're doing as a business, as an entertainment company, are, are, are rubbing me the wrong way. And I think there are a lot of fans that are rubbed the wrong way. But I'm with you on the Twins portion of that, that relative to other teams in the league, if they're not going to blast off and pay for free agents and maybe overpay for some age-related decline, 
I'm fine with that. I get it. I understand from a strategic standpoint. But if I'm running a business that's an entertainment company, I also have a problem with the way baseball as a whole is approaching this right now. The Twins fall right in line with that. Yeah, and it's yeah. I I mean, I literally went on a rant for 15 minutes on the Mackie and Joe with Romney show last week, saying <laughs> we focus too much on payroll in this market. People hammer the Twins for payroll all the time not understanding the full big picture of baseball economics. Every owner is a billionaire. There's no salary cap. There's revenue sharing, but it doesn't prevent the Yankees from bringing in $300 million more dollars than, say, the Twins do in, a, in an, any given season. And that also applies to the Red Sox and the Dodgers and the Cubs to a slightly lesser extent. And so my whole rant was, they aren't ever going to spend as much money as you think. And even if the argument is, well, Jim Polat is worth two or three billion dollars, so he should crack open the checkbook. Okay, well, if he does that, all of the other billionaire owners will say, well, I guess, okay, well, I guess we have to do that too. So we get into this conversation about, do you expect the owner of your professional, your favorite professional sports team to take a loss financially year after year after year? And we got into a very good discussion about that. But my whole argument has been, we should be having conversations about how the Twins can outsmart other organizations, how the Twins can be... Uh, tactical in the way that they develop players and the way that they identify market inefficiencies, right? And then 24 hours later, they sign this guy. And, I, and, and so, so I'm not, I think a lot of people are mad in that that's the cheap poll ads and they're signing these cheap, and even Nelson Cruz is kind of a bargain bin guy, even though I think that's a great signing. And I'm more mad that I don't see how Perez checks a box. I don't, yeah, I don't see how. Yeah you're somehow uncovering a hidden gem that other teams, man, we wish we would have thought of that, right? Maybe I'm missing something, and I I know you said the listeners want us to get off Perez. Like Maybe I'm missing something at towards the end of the year. Okay, he's throwing a little bit harder, and he moved to the bullpen, and he had some numbers, but you dig beneath the surface of those numbers. It's not that impressive. He just had like a month where he didn't give up a ton of runs. Still not a ton of strikeouts. Still not a ton of swing and miss. Velocity was okay, but not wow you. And I guess it all comes back to this for me is that for three to four million bucks, it's hard to be wrong. And it just feels to me like every move the Twins have made, save Nelson Cruz, this winter, and even last winter, Phil, you think about some of the moves they made last winter, all of them are geared towards being not wrong and not, can we take a risk? Can we take a gamble on this guy? Baseball for a long time was, can we take a gamble on this free agent? And if we get enough of them right, we win. And it's moved away from that. And I think smart teams have moved away from that. Astros certainly aren't hoping that free agents pan out. The Yankees aren't sitting there like buying free agency every year anymore. Red Sox won a World Series. They didn't need to do that. But more and more, it seems like these mid and small market teams are saying, I just don't want to be wrong. So it's fine if we don't win a World Series. Hey, it's fine if we don't even win the division. I just want to not screw myself for 2020, 2021, 2022. And I can see why as a fan that would make you your blood boil. Yeah. It's, it's really frustrating. So on Perez, I've got it up on the screen here. Um, I don't think I'm missing anything on a big bounce back candidate necessarily, Phil. Um, but I also made fun of the Twins last year for Anibal Sanchez. And then they cut him in spring. And then he went and had a pretty decent year for the Braves. So I, I've i been wrong when making fun of them before. With that being said, when I heard they were signing Martin Perez, I thought, did somebody kidnap Jake Odorizzi? Or is Michael, is, is Michael Pineda not going to be healthy for the start of the season? Because Perez just seems a little redundant to me. I have the rotation listed right here up on the screen. Barreos, Kyle Gibson, 
Jake Odorizzi, Michael Pineda, Martin Perez. And then I got a little dash. And then there's the extras. There's the candidates. There are the guys who might make the team out of spring training. But right now, if you're doing it in pencil and you're doing a 25-man roster projection, I mean, I can't see these guys in it. Alberto Mejia, where does he fit? Steven Gonzalez, Zach Littell, Cole Stewart. Where do those guys fit? I'm even slotting Trevor May and Fernando Romero in the bullpen day one no matter what. Why is Fernando Romero, it, it, even the Twins.com official depth chart, which I don't know how much they confer with front office members when they're putting together these depth charts, but they don't even have Fernando Romero listed in the top seven starting rotation options. So I think why he, is it a foregone conclusion that one of their most lively no, arms is not in the starting rotation? I'll be honest with you. I think this was done towards the end of last season because Williams Astadio is their starting third baseman here. I think it was just... What's what's wrong with that? (laughs) What do you mean? 100%. Well, I I look at this... right to me. A-Ray Adrianza is listed as their starting second baseman, and Jonathan Scope's the backup. So look at that and say, okay, hang on. There was just like a developer that put this together. And and here's another question that I have with their thing. I mean, Addison Reed is listed as the top reliever. He's their fifth best reliever at best right now in my book in pencil. So don't look at their depth chart as gospel right now. It's too early for that kind of thing. But the way I look at their pitching staff as a whole, Phil, is and I pose this question to you and to our new friend Rami on a on a prep thread, like who are their 12 best pitchers right now? We can do that for another show, but it's kind of it's kind of underwhelming when you look at it and you see like, yeah, oh yeah, I guess I guess Martin Perez is on that list. Yeah. He he'd be on their short list of People who can pitch Major League Baseball games from the first inning on. I just, I, I empathize with Twins fans who are not that inspired by the move because I think it is a pretty, like a lackluster signing midway through the season. Yeah, they would be, season. I mean, they would, they, I just feel like they would just be better off not having made the signing. Just literally go in feels and that give way. Steven Gonsalves a chance or something. Well, what are his career numbers? And we'll get off of Martin Perez, I swear. But last year, 5-4-8 ERA. And I know ERA is not the best indicator, but... It, that's bad. The year before that, five five nine ERA. The year before that, four six seven. I'm just going to skip ahead and read you his career ERA, which in 761 and a third innings, five point four six. So this guy who used to be a huge prospect, that's actually re- his K's per nine, which is even worse. Like that's even worse. Oh, I'm sorry, four point six three. I was looking in the wrong. <laughs> that's my bad. But that's but still, I mean, the fact that his K's per nine and yeah. ERA are sort of interchangeable ah. is a bad sign. That's right. That's a great point. His career <laughs> ERA four point six three. So I'm that's it's it's better. But like what you're getting here is a ground ball guy who is what you thought Kyle Gibson used to be. Right? Is like hopefully he gets through a season healthy, makes thirty starts, gets enough ground balls to keep his ERA under five. Yeah. That's a terrible thing to hope for if if that's your hope if that's your upside i just i reserve the right to be totally wrong on this but it feels like a signing that doesn't move the needle it's not like a a little bit it moves the needle it flat out doesn't move the needle so i i get why twins fans were mad on social media and at the same time i always fall back into the but it doesn't matter like this is just the eighth or ninth pitcher it's just this this signing doesn't matter if it happened on the first day of spring training like Annabelle Sanchez last year, you'd be like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of weird, but well, whatever. You know what it is? It's like you've had some things on your grocery list. You, you and the significant other have been like, who's going to go to the grocery store? Yeah, that's right. And you've got a grocery list on the fridge, and you're kind of annoyed that they haven't. <laughs> it's their turn to go to the grocery store, <laughs> and they and they they come home and they have just and they just have like a box of Cheez Its. Sure. Like, where did you get the? What, what about the other ten things that's on right. the on the grocery list? Well, I got these. I don't know. I just was at the gas station. I got these Cheez Its. 
Well, you didn't get... <laughs> it sounds like Thad Levine came back, dumped a bag of groceries, and Fowley said, hey, what'd you get? He goes, oh, I got Martin Perez. I used to work with him in Texas. And Fowley says, I, I guess I did say starting pitcher, so Man. all right. Well, I think the biggest question is, and you, you and I were part of the same sort of behind-the-scenes conversation with a couple people from the Twins organization before the winter meetings, in which we were asking questions of sort of, where are you guys at in terms of spending? And you've got Joe Maurer's contract off the books. And this person told us, pretty frankly, and I'm comfortable saying this, even though it was kind of an off-the-record conversation, oh, we're not being told not to spend money. It's not, it's not like the ownership is hovering over us telling us not to spend money. We just don't want to be a team that fires bullets before the window is open. And we need to know more about our nucleus, need to know, know, need to know more about our young core, and he didn't say this specifically, but Byron Buxton. If you knew exactly what Byron Buxton was, and if you knew exactly what Miguel Sano was, you'd probably be more able to identify if your window is open or not. So I think the debate is, are the Twins, with room to spend if they want to, are Derek Falvey and Thad Levine being too conservative, waiting to see what they have for a nucleus, and keeping their options open for maybe later on this season, or should they be aggressive knowing that there's only one viable team right now in this division? The White Sox might change that if they sign Manny Machado or Bryce Harper and if a couple of those young guys start to blossom. Yeah. Is this the time to fire some bullets, whether it's a Dallas Keuchel or a Craig Kimbrell is still out on the market wanting 15 or $20 million a year? Yeah. So, I, look, I think that the Twins need to spend competitively this year. I do think that there's room for them to add people. Now, if if Dallas Keuchel wants a five-year deal, then that changes the conversation. But like, if any one of these guys would take a two-year deal, uh, if Dallas Keuchel wants two years and you just pay him for that, well, then that's fine. Dallas Keuchel is the same. He's a better, a much better version of Martin Perez. Ground ball guy, not a ton of strikeouts. He might pop a good ERA. He's not a top-of-the-rotation guy anymore. He might, maybe he'll get paid like it. I doubt it. I, I doubt any of these guys really will. But that's just I the same for the Manny Machado and the Bryce Harper thing. When you talk about window and windows to win and all that stuff, Bryce Harper doesn't require you to time it perfectly. If if you want to go out and spend thirty million a year on Bryce Harper, well, Bryce Harper's still going to be a great player in three years when you think your window is opening. If your window is Alex Kirloff, Royce Lewis in the big leagues. But let me ask you this question, because this, I think, is what's at the core of people being so annoyed with this front office this winter. If Byron Buxton is a seven-win player, and I'm telling you that right now, he's a seven-war player, according to Fangraphs. That means the defense is there. He's getting on base. He's mm-hmm. hitting for a little power. He is one of the best players in baseball. Do the Twins sign Martin Perez in January? I don't know if the answer is yes or no on that because they might just be taking a flyer on something they see. But I see what you're getting at with that question. Would the Twins be of a different mindset if they knew what they were getting in Byron Buxton? And I think the answer is yes. I think the answer is absolutely yes. A different mindset. Mm-hmm. Would Yeah. I don't think you're then on the waiver wire for a C.J. Crone unless you think he's got some, some like breakout potential that nobody else sees that the that the Rays didn't want to pay for. Jonathan Scope still makes sense as a bounce-back candidate. You'd maybe still do that deal. But you would have been more aggressive earlier in the winter if you thought, oh, we got a seven-win Buxton. That's, oh, hey, now we're in business. This is a 90-win team. Let's make this awesome. Mm-hmm. You would have been more aggressive on on 
the free agent starting pitchers that signed earlier this winter, guys that have already come to deals, and now it's much too late because that window has passed. Even if you're conservative and and don't want to be wrong on free agency, like if you're playing not to lose, even in that scenario, you still would have pushed for a guy like Patrick Corbin. For just for example, he's just one name on the top of that free agent starters list. You would have gone a little deeper down that road instead of saying like, well. I don't know. I mean, like maybe Braille will take a step forward, and hopefully Gibson can repeat in his last year. I I don't know. Michael Pineda is going to be healthy, and what? Martin Perez. There, that's a starting rotation. No, it's not. It's a couple of pitchers who might turn in a respectable year, and you'd need somebody to step up and impress you and improve beyond your expectation to really make it a good starting staff. I think what's happening here is this is what's this is what's tough, and I completely empathize with Twins fans. As a Twins fan. Let's just let's just go with the target field era. Forget about all the other disappointing years where they had great nucleus yeah. pieces and or great a great nuclei and <laughs> that's the right way to say it, I believe. Nuclei with Justin Morneau, Joe Maurer, uh, Torrey Hunter, and they yeah. couldn't win a playoff game. Right. Sure. Let's just start with 2010 target field opens, and you're a Twins fan, and you think based on how good they've been for the last seven or eight years and how good they were in 2010. This is going to be, and how much they increased the payroll in 2010 and 2011 compared to the previous couple of years. This is going to be a long stretch of success. You can add pieces like Jim Tomey, which they did. Orlando Hudson was a big free agent at the time. So you're thinking nine years ago, this is a gravy train for a long time, and they're going to win a World Series soon. I remember that's what I was thinking, just watching the team. Morno, yeah. prime. Maurer, prime. Kadire, prime, right? Um, they lost Johan Santana, but Liriano back from surgery. Rug gets pulled out. Yep. Franchise goes into the tank for the next half decade or more. Yep. With the exception of one pop-up season. And two new guys come in, and they're basically saying this whole offseason, going into their third year, still not there yet. Going to have to scale it back. Not going to spend a bunch of money. Need to find more about the core. Uh, need to find more out about the core, need to continue to stockpile young players. And so from their perspective, they're new here. They took over a 100-loss team. That's right. And they're like, no, there's there's a lot of eroded things in the basement. We need some pipe work over here right. still. And I know you guys are frustrated. As a fan, you've been suffering through Bill Smith, Terry Ryan, and failures and and dumpster diving signings in free agency, Right. So there's a, there's a cognitive dissonance here in that Twins fan is rightfully impatient and upset. Falvey and Levine are like, oh, sorry, but we've only been here for two years, and our evaluation of the situation objectively is need to do more building before really paying this thing off. Yep. That's, the, that's where the two sides are coming to blows right now. Let me give you the alternative possibility, and I, I know which camp I fall in. So So after... I think it'd be fair to say I've like I, I've criticized the Twins here today. I, I've really kind of stuck it in there, like t- taken my little pen and and poked their little voodoo doll and said, "This is dumb. This off season doesn't make sense. You're you're waiting. You're playing this waiting game that might never pay off." I think it's fair to say that I've been critical, having said everything that I've said here today and saying like, "Look, I think I just fundamentally disagree with where they view they're at." And however, 
Would you rather have Martin Perez for three, three and a half million dollars, and maybe he makes the rotation, maybe he doesn't, or would you have rather signed Lance Lynn to a multi-year deal for thirty million dollars and like taking that sort of halfway there mentality? I'd rather have Perez. I'd rather you said, "All right, well, we're going to the here's our roster. This is our this is our forty man on March twenty eighth when we open with Cleveland. This is who we're rolling out. And if this is a five hundred club or better and is still hanging in there." We're going to improve this thing in July. There are going to be legit pieces that we can add. We've got the financial flexibility. We have are we are rich in this other baseball currency known as prospects. These are real buying tools that the Twins in 2019 and beyond can can use to to boost their win total. And I think that that's where I come down on this. That all right, underwhelming offseason. Whether they're done or not, I mean, look, if they're going to add another reliever or something like that. It's going to be an underwhelming name. You're going to get a name that you're not going to be happy with. If it's you're not fan. Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. Craig Kimbrell ain't coming. Uh, I've been beating the Bryce Harper drum since before the offseason began. I haven't gotten any texts back on that, so it's not looking likely. Uh, Manny Machado's agent apparently had to issue a public statement saying like the 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 reports out there for seven years and 175 are damaging, and I think he said like maybe insulting or reckless. And okay, well maybe. But if if Manny Machado is only costing you $175 million, I'm jumping right back on that bandwagon too. So my point in all of this rambling, Phil, is that while I don't see a big splash move coming the rest of the year, absent a trade, I think that at least, at the very least, they are keeping themselves open to making that big, big push forward in July and next winter. None of their things that they've done this offseason, while I can criticize them for being like underwhelming, None of them are going to screw them over, hamper them from making a big move this summer or into next winter. And I guess I can at least applaud the fact that they, they've left themselves the door open, some flexibility. Yeah. Well, one thing to add to is I I come from a perspective of really thinking these guys are sharp and are on the front wave as opposed to trying to play catch up like the yep. old front offices were. Can I So I give I give them the benefit of the doubt yeah. in in moments like these. Can I interject too or is that that's your point? You're that's no, that's yeah. my point. So I am I'm on that side of the fence too. Like I I criticize these guys for individual moves. I've poked fun at Thad Levine on occasion for how verbose he is. Like he's just unnecessarily wordy cuz he's an executive and got this marketing background and is really good at walking around a point and and sometimes he'll give you something that's great you really got to dig for that morsel and and falvey has become more and more like that the more time they spend together so i criticize them for some of those things but if i stepped back and said do i think these are the guys that are equipped to put the twins into the world series conversation for the next 10 years yes i don't have to spend time thinking about it i would bet on Derek falvey and I would bet on Thad Levine. The systems they're putting in behind the scenes, people are so tired of hearing that. I get it. I totally get it. But they're just way better equipped to handle an offseason, to handle a draft, to handle free agency, to handle waivers, to handle roster manipulation throughout the course of a season. They're just way better at that stuff than they were four years ago. And like all of those reasons, plus personal experience, are why I would put my chips on those two guys and at the same time, it's been frustrating for the past year and a half, basically, of, of yeah. following the Twins. They, they, it seems like they don't take themselves seriously yeah. as contenders. And, yeah, it's but it, what's, what's weird is 
they have more reason to take themselves seriously as contenders than anyone from the outside <laughs> looking in. So they, what mo- do I care? So that's, that's where I look and I say, okay, well, okay, well, maybe you know something that we don't, and, and we'll find out. I think that's a pretty good place to yeah. to pause this conversation and uh, and just give people a few reminders. If you are, we're just going to assume that you stumbled into this podcast and you have no idea what we're doing here as uh, as hosts and as a company now compared to a couple weeks ago. So I'm just going to over-explain. I'm Phil Mackey. That's Derek Wetmore. And instead of 1500 ESPN, we have said goodbye to 1500 ESPN. It was a great nine-year run. And we are now Score North and Score North on 1500 when you hear our content on the radio. S-K-O-R North. And you can follow us on all kinds of different social media platforms, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And it's really easy to subscribe to all of our team-centric shows and podcasts. So if you're a fan of Purple Podcasts with Matthew Collar and Sage Rosenfels or Purple Daily, our brand-new daily noon Viking show on Score North, you can find those Viking shows on Score North Vikings feed, the Score North Vikings feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Just like you can find Touch Em All and eventually Roycey on Baseball and some other things we have uh, cooking up here behind the scenes, Score North Twins, Score North Wolves from Iron on Hoops and Raised by Wolves, and Score North Hockey Basically, you can just search Score North, S-K-O-R North, into whatever podcast application uh, you use, and you'll be able to find all of our stuff. I've got anything to add? Three asks for my own platforms. Find me on Facebook. I have regular interaction with my fans and followers there. We have great baseball discussions. Uh, Just some awesome, awesome regulars that are there asking good questions, giving good feedback. It's Facebook.com slash Derek Wetmore MLB. My second ask, subscribe to our podcast. It's the labeled as the Score North Twin Show now. Touch them all will be a part of that. There's just going to be tons of twin stuff coming up, so subscribe to that. Be sure that you're getting every episode. And the third thing, we started a new Instagram account for Score North, and we're going to do a lot of things there in 2019. Uh, our new social media brand manager, Seth, has been awesome behind the scenes, pumping out great stuff. Find Score North on Instagram and follow us there. Those are my three Shameless acts to close the podcast.